1: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1121. $5 t-shirts over at ID10T.com. We got a bunch from some ID10T shirts. Uh, there's a, a handful of shirts. There's a Rick and Morty shirt. There's a, a, a GIF JIF shirt uh, over there as well. So $5 for t-shirts. What? Are we crazy? How will we stay in business? What? How? Who is making that? Why? ha ah. Okay. Enough about that. Go to id10t.com. $5 t shirts. Uh, let's talk about you, the ID10T community. First of all, uh, our good friends over at Van Eaton Galleries are having another Disneyland auction this weekend, uh, May 22nd and 23rd. Um, if you go to vegalleries.com uh, on the internet, then you can uh, find it. You can find all the information, um, and there's just a bunch of cool new Disneyland stuff. Well, not new, but a bunch of Disneyland stuff that they're uh, auctioning off all weekend. It's old Disneyland stuff, but it could be new to you. So uh, check that out, Rediscovering Disneyland, vegalleries.com, and also events at id10t.com for your thing for the corkboard like Roger, who writes, my name is RJ Zimmerman, and I started a podcast about my sobriety with my brother-in-law Monty Ball, who is also sober. We record live on Twitch on Sundays at 9 a.m. Central Time, twitch.tv slash untappedkeg, and release it later as a podcast and on YouTube as Untapped Keg. We sometimes have guests on, but we really get vulnerable about our alcoholism to talk about real issues. After the serious stuff, we do laugh and make fun of each other, so it's not always serious. Um, Thank you so much for sharing, RJ. Really, really incredible that y'all are doing this and talking about sobriety. I mean, it's not only healing for you, but it is, you know, I, I really do talk about it a lot on this podcast because I just feel like someone might just be in the right place in the right moment in their life to just hear something that you say that's a very open and vulnerable experience that you've had. And they'll go, oh my God, I totally connect with that. And that's the moment or the day they just go, Today's the day I'm going to do it. So it's really great that you're doing that. You really can really help change people's lives um, for the better. So uh, well done. Congratulations on your sobriety and uh, well done on on making it a show. So uh, you uh, out there in the ID10T community can also email us events at ID10T.com for your thing to be on the podcast. This episode is Sean Hayes, who I love. I love him. He's just a great dude. And I didn't actually know Sean very well. He's one of those people that I always felt like, oh, I think I know Sean and then realized, oh, no, we just would sort of – we'd quickly kind of chat at events. But he's just one of those guys where I say to him in the podcast, like, I feel like we've been friends and if not, we should be friends. Uh, and so someone that I always look forward to seeing at places because, you know, you go to events and they can be very stressful because you don't know anyone and it feels very surreal and you're like, am I supposed to be here? I don't know. This feels weird. And so when you see someone that you really like, it's just sort of like a, a beacon, you know, like there's just a, a light of like, oh, this person is cool and fun and funny and they make me happy, so I'll just I'll go hang out with them, even though I really don't actually know them well. You do get these like really cool acquaintances that you meet um and and connect with and so now we actually got to sit down and find out yes we actually do connect and i think we are friends now so uh thank you so much Sean Hayes uh you're fantastic this episode and Sean uh in addition i mean listen yes he was on will and grace one of the biggest greatest sitcoms in the history of entertainment Sean is does literally everything it's in entertainment he's a writer a stage actor um uh, he's um, writes music, perform is a singer. It's an incredible piano player. I mean, like legit incredible piano player. You should look up his videos uh, online. Um, producer, creates show, create a Hollywood game night. You know, so uh, I really, I really look up to him. It's like people like Sean really inspire me to grow and do more and and try different things. Uh, he has a new podcast in the, in just on that very topic of doing different and fun new things called hypochondriactor, uh, which he and an actual doctor uh, by the name of Dr. Priyanka Wali, and uh, she's a practicing physician, specializes in internal medicine, And she's also a stand-up comedian. And so she and Sean uh, do this podcast where they talk about medical stories and medical advice and whatever might be ailing him uh, right then. So uh, go check that out. It's available now. It just launched a handful of weeks ago. Hypochondriactor uh, is available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I believe that – oh, and Smartless is his other podcast. Come on. The the heavy hitter trio of – Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman, and Will Arnett, and the amazing guests that they have on. So, uh, a lot of great stuff that Sean Hayes is putting out into the world. Uh, And you can hear him right now on this very podcast, episode number 1121 of the ID10T podcast. Roll the thing.
1: Initiating ID10T protocol.
2: Hayes. When you're alone and life is getting you lonely, you can always
3: call. Sean Hayes. Yeah, Dude, I was gonna say you can always drink
2: a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second. That's the second chorus. That's how we do it. That's oh my god!
3: Wait, are we rolling already, recording, and everything? Yeah. Wait.
2: So you just do it through Zoom? That's it, man. How do that- you do it?
3: There's a whole fucking system and like going through that. I don't know. I, it's insane. I don't, I, I have no idea how it works.
2: I remember when I first uh, started a podcast hundred years ago, I had all this really expensive equipment and these microphones yeah. and we'd go places and set it up and everything. And then yeah. it got stolen. And then I realized, oh, uh, all we really need is just like a Zoom HD two <laughs>
3: yeah and then it's so weird you say that because i bought a bunch of equipment out of the back of someone's van and set it up here so i'm sure that was your stuff
2: oh that could have been yeah 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 uh, I just, of,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. of life it's a circle of podcast life yeah.
2: listen as long as it went somewhere where it was being used I yeah used to, but, but like most things in my house wait how many years have you
3: done this goddamn thing which is uh, amazing
2: I, i've done this goddamn thing for 11 and a half years oh my god wow N. yeah so, so so
3: so idiot me perfect because it's called the idiot podcast is it, so so podcasts were around eleven years ago
2: they were around way before that there were podcasts in the early, in the early two thousands and they were on a very like specific kind of obscure file format uh, and you'd have to like down you know you download the real player or another player and you download it and uh, and um, there was uh, crazy. Uh, there was a movement early on. And then in the, like, the 05, 06, 07, they started become. But it was, at that point, it was, I think it was a little bit like a ham radio. Like, you had to be an enthusiast, and you were really connecting with other enthusiasts. And then, you know, the Jimmy Pardo's of the world and right. it started up in the uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And, um... yeah, I remember. I mean, Jimmy yeah. Pardo's funny. Yeah, fantastic. Ricky, of course. And then, and then 2010 you know, I think it was just sort of accidentally like the beginning of the wave. And that was right around when Apple made podcasts available in iTunes. And once that happens. Yeah, forget it. Then it sort of,
3: but once, I, a- once Apple says, you know, this is they crown whatever you're yeah. doing. Yeah.
2: They don't invent a lot of stuff, but they do perfect it. Like they do go, yeah. okay,
3: we're going to once Apple said smoking pot was cool. Then everybody started smoking pot. <laughs> like, Crazy, exactly,
2: exactly. You know, they should there should be a little section at the genius bar where you could just go, like, uh, ask what's next, neatest looking, whatever it was. Yeah, um, how are you? I'm good, like, you know, like, I, I, we're, I guess. We would describe it as pandemic good under the under the situation we're we're doing okay. How are you? I'm
3: great. I mean, you know, whatever. It's I just got my second shot today. So halfway through this interview, I may be falling asleep, and it's not you. Please don't take it personally. It's all Moderna. It's
2: Moderna speaking. that would just be your body's uh, uh, immune system kicking into nuclear uh, reactor mode. Right.
3: Now, forgive me, because uh, we don't know each other too well. I met you many years ago, and yeah. you've, you've always been so kind and uh, always so, so generous and positive and upbeat, and you have such a great personality. Um, but I asked, I preface that because uh, you rang wearing a shirt that says Fright Night. You have a picture of the uh, night, night before um, Halloween or whatever night that's Hi before christmas and um the tim burton thing so are you a big horror person you, this wait i know this i already know that answer
2: yes yeah, yeah. but my wife is actually so what so this room that we're in now has a lot of like horror movie props these, these are these are actually from disneyland in the back uh-huh. uh, and those are real dead bodies behind you correct they're, well they're props you know they're they props, prop they're props yeah. in a in a movie um, but if you, if I sort of panned around the room with the camera, you'd see like the, all the horror movie props belong to Lydia. So there's like, there's a, a, a werewolf head from the howling. Um, there's an oh exorcist, uh, dummy over there. There's stuff from army of darkness over here. Gremlins. Oh, okay. Right.
3: So then, then you must know, uh, Oh my God. what is uh, uh, uh Carell, rich Correll. Do you
2: know, oh, I've, I've, I worked with rich in the late two thousands on a sitcom that he directed, and at that time, he was telling me about his horror prop collection. Yeah. Have you never seen it? I've never seen it. And he, oh was- my
3: God, Chris, listen to me loud and clear. So every single Halloween, okay, every Halloween, I live, I am not want to say where I live, but I live very close to Rich. And he's one of them, him and his wife, nicest people on the block. They're just so sweet. And he has the world, I think what I'm to understand, the world's largest privately owned collection of horror memorabilia and, and statues and everything like that. And every Halloween he puts out all of the things you're talking about in your house. He puts them out tens of thousands of people come from all over Los Angeles to see this house, He's got like witches flying around on the top. He's got like tombstones with bodies coming out of the ground. I mean, it's insane. It's the most incredible Halloween experience you've ever seen in your life.
2: I know of this Halloween experience and I know, I remember many years ago, almost going cause he lives around the corner from where Rob zombie used to live in Rob, which is
3: like right almost two hours away from me. Yeah, yeah,
2: They sold that house. They don't live there anymore, but Rob and Sherry don't, but um, they moved back to Connecticut, but uh, he um, had, but Rob had a, pretty substantial collection of stuff but rich is you know i always wanted to go rich is such an interesting guy because he was on the he was a he was an actor i think on the original leave it to beaver i think he played like yeah. one of his friends right he became a director he's a fucking amazing guitar player he shreds he's, yeah and he has this an unbelievable horror movie collection that guy has like the coolest life
3: yeah yeah i mean it's a beautiful house too and and but when he sets it up like you go in there there's the alien like the fucking life-size statue of of the alien
2: from aliens you know And they're all original like he has an yeah. original exorcist dummy he has uh, of yes he's he the original exorcist dummy right
3: yeah. and he also i think has one of the original chucky dolls yeah or
2: something
3: like that that's just it goes on and on he's got like a terminator statue and like
2: it's just anyways it's, it's i hope he either opens a museum or he's been talking what, about it i don't know what the status of that um that lucas uh Pop culture museum situation is down on Chicago. World. Oh, there's one here, like that they oh. were planning to open, but I don't know if the pandemic threw it into a tailspin or not. But let's call them, put them, add them in on this. Oh, let's see if we can. Do we? Can we it's get George Lucas? Uh, can we get George on the phone? Yeah, call him up. Okay, wait. No, I, I guess. Oh, you yeah. got it's busy. What if
3: you got a busy signal like from the '80s? <laughs> it's just busy. What <laughs> on, a, on your landline?
2: <laughs> I, I wonder if there are a lot of people know if they heard a busy signal, they'd be like, what the fuck, what the is, fuck this? is this? This is this like a fax machine. We're being invaded by aliens. You brought up an interesting point, which is that we don't really know each other, but you're one of those people that I always feel like I know. Yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing to you. Like whenever I see you at an event, I always go, I make a beeline for you because I go, I got to say hi to Sean because (laughs) you always, there's an energy about you where I feel like, did we know each other? Like, I know, right, right. Like I'm forgetting that we knew each other, but you have such a friendly, like, very i don't know it's it's a well, very you know
3: you're, you're such an asshole for staying nice then. <laughs> so
2: uh, no Let it's a pure, let's get George no. Lucas back on the phone george do we no <laughs> is he he's still he's talking, he's talking, talking to his, he's his aunt he's talking to a radio <laughs> station george lucas he's never that's funny
3: um no that's very nice of you to say yeah and feeling is mutual i think you, you know there's like a you know whether an audience finds me funny or, or repulsive, that's entirely up to them. But I think in the community of funny people, you always kind of feel like you know each other. You know, like if, you know, the the world of stand-up comics, everybody knows each other. And I think maybe that's why there's like this kindred spirit. There um,
2: is a kindred
3: spirit. Thank and, you. and 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 uh, and I, I, I don't know if people can hear that in us talking, but I'm going to tell you, it's for real. And we're going to tell you what's real and not on this podcast. And so uh, my love for Chris is very real. So uh, <laughs> if you George can't discern.
2: Was gonna, that was not real. Right. <laughs> right. This, right. this, <laughs> this is real, real. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the, I, although I, you know, I feel like, I feel like George Lucas still has a busy signal. I feel, God, like, come I feel, in. Like, I feel like in his house, he has a phone. There's no call waiting. And yep. it's just a busy signal. If you, And it's always busy.
3: Right. And, just, and, and because he likes to provide hope, a new hope uh, that that wants you. thank you very much that you'll once can get, get to him. So that's why he has that line. But now, listen, um, what else are you working on besides this amazing podcast that you've been doing for 11 years? My God.
2: And why did you rebrand it? I, I, because I just I, I left the company that I was at and I I wanted to start a new thing. And so that's cool. I, that's really kind of what it was. That's and- cool.
3: And why, when you spell the name idiot, is it one zero?
2: So, uh, ID10T is sort of a. It's like it's an old. It's a. It's an old IT code. Like if you. Uh huh. If you, called, then you, if you called IT and you go, my computer's not working. And they go, is it plugged in? You'd go, oh, whoops, no. They would go, oh, it's an ID10T. Because if you hear it, it just sounds like a code. But if you see it, it looks like the word idiot. So it basically just oh, means- Oh, that's
3: great. It, well, just that's, means,
2: it means user error. Like if okay. you call the complaint about something and it's your fault, it's actually user error. so And I there is like, a
3: huge difference between us. I would not know any of that. I would, that's, that's amazing.
2: So yeah, I, I always love that. I always love that idea of like, you know how many things do we call the complaint about it's like oh i forgot oh that was on okay that one was on me you know i yeah. have the idea. so now do you have producers and engineers and all that and editors and stuff for your podcast i have katie who's been with the podcast for gosh like seven years or eight years and mm-hmm. she's the producer and, and the you engineer. don't want to
3: you don't want to replace
2: her You'd-
1: never oh, God!
3: Well, we i mean i have some ideas katie i'm sure you're listening <laughs> don't take it personally
1: would
2: never run without katie <laughs> uh, no why would you ever want to get rid of katie katie's the best She's the absolute best, and you know it it, because you're you're asking me about what I do, and I have so many things that I want to talk to you about, though, because you do. Oh God, I've been
3: sitting here waiting patiently.
2: Eleven minutes in, and finally, Jesus. um, But uh, because I also heard Sean Hayes has hard out at two, and when I see hard out in all caps. Yeah, I go. That is not to be fucked with. That is a hard. Well, idea. no.
3: It, well, th- this is Um, that's for my publicist, who's a very nice, wonderful woman named Melissa Kate. She's the best in the biz. And that's her doing that thing. I have I can go past two o'clock. And so uh, it, just fine. I do have like a 230 meeting, though.
2: I think it'd be funny. if, like after the podcast, you just want give me a cushion. Show- He fucking wouldn't let me get off it, too. didn't tell him? It is 205. It is 205. You are fucking fired. You are a soft out. It's a soft fucking out.
3: (laughs) Yeah, nobody ever has a soft out. That's really
2: funny. (laughs) I got a soft out. I need to hear about it. Uh, By the
3: way, that's really, I've never heard that. I'm totally stealing that.
2: So what I love about being in this business a long time is being able to look around at the landscape of other people that you either know or like or respect. And go, oh wow! It's so interesting to see what they've done and what they've manifested because you um, and you really and I'm I mean this this is part of this goes into the real category. Okay. You excel at everything you do oh, in God. such a magnificent way, whether it's um, you know acting or the podcast or 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 producing or hosting. Uh, but I I'm so dying to talk to you about piano because I started taking piano lessons a little over two Oh, you did good for you about two and a half years ago. And you're such a phenomenal pianist, and and I X. I really want to bick your brain about yeah. Piano. When did you start taking lessons? Um, so probably well, the first time I ever took lessons was around 2003. I took lessons for like two months, and then I stopped. And then for years, I would beat myself up because I'm like, if I had just stuck with it, I would have been playing for like <laughs> too many years. And so you know like January of 2019 I just said fuck it I'm just gonna do it and I've stuck with it so it's been two years and some change
3: oh that's fantastic and
2: I play every day and uh, classical or, or classical? Yeah. oh that's fantastic and tell I, me I, some I, of the stuff you're working on
3: or like a piece that you like or uh, something that you were trying to tackle
2: so um, for the longest time, I just finished this series of books called Piano Town, which was like the elementary school grade yeah. level of books. But I just finished the fourth book of that. So I always would have exercises that were sort of disposable weekly etudes. But then these kind of longer term pieces, like there's a, a, a Chopin piece, like this posthumous Chopin piece that I really love um, that I've been working on. Is um, it? Is it? Da, 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 da. No, da, da,
3: it's a little... um. Uh, what's it called? I remember. I,
2: don't... Uh, I, I can look up the. You know what? I, since since we're here and I have it on a playlist of songs that I'm trying to learn, I will tell you it, the exact. Is it an E minor? Do you know? Does that uh, No, it's uh, Nocturne number twenty in C sharp minor.
3: Um, and and can you hum like the first? How does it go?
2: Uh, it the, the starts minor. off with chords. Duh, 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 duh. Huh no i don't
3: i don't know anything you're singing i just love to make you feel weird about singing on your podcast Oh
2: gosh i have no shame. i actually don't
3: know how to play the piano or anything about classical music I'm i think gonna...
2: that's a podcast right there. there's just two guys going no what about this song <laughs> yeah
3: no i probably know i probably know it if i heard it but yeah that's great i'm so
2: excited for you that's a song for game that that's a, that's, a, that's a mini game for game night i think is just having people like hum out a song Name I, don't, that tune. I don't know what to yeah. do uh, <laughs> I but, would super wait really quick i
3: there's this one game i played a long time ago like it was some st- stupid card game you know one of those group things that you do with a bunch of friends and we were so high we were stoned out of our minds from smoking <laughs> pot and one of my clues was um, i had to i had to hum you have to hum the song to get the person you can't sing you can't do do doo doos you can't do anything you just have to hum it with your mouth closed and so i got the theme to james bond right okay. and um, so but i was so high i started way too low so i i started singing it like that i go mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everybody was laughing. So I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to say? Like, it makes no sense. What are you even doing? It was no guy. <laughs> and you start doing yeah, the. Come, and on you're
2: doing, come on, come on. Listen, listen to again. Because mm. one of the most famous movie series. that
1: come in, yeah, know, and,
0: you know this- this-
3: and people are like, <laughs> it, was yeah. it was awful.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
2: I I, uh, I I think uh, adding that element to it really uh, adding the uh, the 420 element to it really does uh, evolve the game. In, yeah. a, in In a roundabout way. Yeah, so for sure. Much, much, if much I would just cool. as if I just went,
3: <laughs> you have to pay for that now.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think. Oh, I, really I think right. actually, we you know, can we get George Lucas on the phone? Yeah, get him on the phone. I'm on the phone. On a bit. Get on the phone. That's so busy. Fuck. Still busy. what i should do is drop in the i should drop in the sound effect of a busy signal like yes for sure if you know what you were doing that's what you would do (laughs) yeah i know once this becomes a morning radio if i had my morning zoo sound effects pad yeah then we could do that but you know fuck i'm not i don't i don't have it so uh, uh piano though that's so great i'm so excited for you and i just started learning this going to take me years to learn but the the chopin revolutionary etude which is the most incredible it's been one of my favorite songs
3: that's how does it go that's not oh yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah 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 and, and, it's yeah, all yeah, the left and the
3: left hand is all, it's in C minor. Yeah.
2: Yes. And it's and, um, all the left hand. Have you been playing your whole, you've been playing your whole life, I
3: imagine. So I started when I was five years old. I uh, my, literally came home from school one day, from preschool, whatever the fuck I was. And it was, uh, my mom was like, you're not doing anything after school. You want to take lessons across the street from the lady who's giving piano lessons. I'm like, sure, why not? I'm not doing anything. So I just started doing that and stuck with it. And then I started entering competitions. I, like when I was 17, I auditioned for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, which was a, a big deal back then. I, I didn't get it. I came in like third or something. Um, probably because I played Mozart instead of like some big showy, you know, Prokofiev. You know. Nice
2: try, Hayes. Yeah, next. Yeah, next,
3: right, right. Yeah, no heck, next. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know I was, that phrase was going to stay with me for the rest of my life.
2: Next. <laughs>
3: right. Um, but yeah. Um, or that word. But uh, so then I went on. It was my it was my major in college, uh, piano performance. And then I started composing music because I thought I was going to write movie music like John Williams. But then that didn't happen. So then I got out and I was a music from college and I got. um I was a music director at a dinner theater in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, You laugh at the words dinner theater, but the shows we put on were pretty great. And the people in them were are fantastic. All went on to do Broadway and TV, whatever, from this whole thing. And um, sidebar Megan Mullally, who was in Will and Grace with me. She did a show there years before. It was in St. Charles, Illinois. It's called Pheasant Run Dinner Theater. Anyway, so lots of people came through there. And I was the music director, and I, but I had this passion for acting, too. So I would see all of my friends. I would be in the orchestra pit watching this, what's like watching the same movie over and over every single night. And I would be like, well, I want to be an actor. And so it looks like they're having so much fun. And, so, and I did acting in high school and college. I just wanted to do it more. So I kind of switched and became an actor, and here I am.
2: And do you still practice regularly?
3: I do. Uh, I don't play nearly as well as I used to. I get tendonitis easily in my right arm just from texting emails and all that kind of stuff. And But I'm doing a play. It's called uh, Good Oscar. And it's about Oscar Levant, who was George Gershwin's best friend. And I'm playing Oscar. And he... Uh, is this very eccentric guy. If you look him up on the internet, it's, it's fantastic. He was this prodigy genius piano player. And he's uh, his recordings of the Rhapsody in Blue, which everybody knows is the United Airlines theme. Of uh, you know, and so the play revolves around one night doing the Jack Parr talk show. So Jack Parr was the original host of the Tonight Show right. before Jimmy Fallon, before... Uh, Jay Leno and Conan and Johnny uh, Carson. It was it was Jack Parr. So Jack Parr had uh, moved his show from New York to L.A. And the first night he wanted to on uh, Oscar Levant. Well, the problem was Oscar Levant was in an insane asylum. So he had in order to come on to the show, he had to get a, a pass. So he got a pass to come do the Tonight Show for one night, and then had to go back after that appearance. <laughs> And so this play is about that one night and what happens uh, backstage. And then and he has to perform the Rhapsody in Blue. So I had to learn that whole thing. And I'll be playing it eight shows a week, starting in. I think we open in April at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. And if it goes well, it'll go to Broadway. And if it doesn't go well, it will uh, start and stop there.
2: Or it could go back to that dinner theater. in. Why not? Which just got demolished. But I'll still do it. You know what? Don't let that sit. How bad do you want it? Is yeah. <laughs> exactly. you like- I just don't oh, want to hear so it. your theater got demolished. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. tell us something else. Yeah. It feels like a setting for a sitcom, by the way, a dinner theater in rural Chicago. Feels uh,
3: like I so I wrote a
2: uh, the pilot
3: of that that you're talking about with my producing partner. We sold it to HBO Max. And so um it's it's floating around out there.
2: That this makes me very happy. It just feels yeah. like
3: yeah, nobody's done a show about dinner theater. It's kind of it's a it's it's like waiting for Guffman meets the Office,
2: or, or that scene in Soap Dish where he's playing Willie Loman in the dinner yes, theater. Yes, and you're like what is he saying? You know? that's, that's exactly right. I I remember
3: I was doing like some part. I was playing Tommy Gilles in the Music Man there because and then I so I was in the pit. And sometimes I got to play parts, but very rarely. And I was doing it, and the and some of the dinner. Some of the um tables, the dinner tables with people sitting at them were flush with the stage. That's how close the closest seats were. And so I would be dancing, and like some couple times I tripped or fall, and you'd land right in front of somebody's freaking prime rib, you know, while they're eating your face is almost in their food. It was (laughs) it was
2: ridiculous. And you just and you have to like you can't. You probably want to acknowledge that they're there, like yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah but you can,
3: because you, you'll break the fourth wall.
2: Yeah, you can. It's like it's, it's, the fourth it's, wall the, is a fucking stake. right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, what are the rules for how close you have to get to somebody's face to break the fourth wall?
2: You've la- you've landed in their plate. You you <laughs> filled, filled his Manhattan. All, all right. Over trouser's. Right. <laughs> it was awful. It was so funny. I mean, anyway, and you did you not also do the. Uh, piano for second city was it second city did you play yeah,
3: sometimes sometimes i played uh, i think i played a couple shows there or one show or something but i also composed music for like this uh okay. one of the shows at steppenwolf theater in chicago and then uh but um no at second city i went through their training program okay. uh, but i never performed on the actual main stage
2: i really would love some tips and i assume that the answer action sort of- tips
3: yeah -hmm. yeah yeah you
2: you just have to do it for a long time but i have such performance anxiety with piano. like even when i'm now all all the piano lessons are via zoom and i take lessons every week and i can practice and get something down but as soon as i'm being watched i like even just a sliver of my brain is not in the moment and i'm worried about the result of the piece i'm aware that someone's watching me And my hands just, I'm like, and every week I go, I wasn't making these mistakes before. Like,
3: I can't fucking play in front of anyone. So that's so fascinating you said that. So one of the reasons why I was happy to not pursue a career in piano performance was the notes are the notes. If you don't hit, if you're playing Beethoven or Chopin or Schubert or whoever it is, Mozart, the notes are the notes. They're written on the page. So if you don't hit the right notes, they ring so loud. And it gave me so much anxiety that anybody, it's like watching, you know, American Idol or The Voice, and you're sitting there judging somebody. And if they don't hit the right note, you know right away, right? And if you're a judge for a piano competition, you know when you don't hit the notes. So but when you're in comedy or when you're acting or whatever, if something doesn't work, you can instantly improv or talk about it's something funny. else or you can pivot or whatever, right? The
2: mistakes right? are the gold. The mistakes are not right, the cut. gold. And if you have any kind of <clears throat> issues with like, because I, I really, I'm a believer that perfectionism is the enemy of art, you know? And, For sure. But when it comes to classical piano, <laughs> it's the worst because it's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's per. do you know how this is, the, obviously there's some room with artistic expression? But the dynamics are written, the meter is written, the everything. Yep. You cannot fuck this up. even one time. Right. Fucking, you know. So that. Right now.
3: Now that said, I don't want to discourage you from 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 uh, fixing your anxiety or, or or you know leveling that off. Is just like anything, stand up, acting, whatever you do, the more you do it, the more you perform and you can get out and do it in front of people. Obviously that will wane over time and you will get more confident. Um, So, and, and just like um, anything, the more prepared you are the, 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 the less anxiety you'll have, the better you're you'll perform. So not that you aren't prepared, but if you memorize it, I don't know if you've, have you memorized pieces yet?
2: Yeah, I, I have a, I'm, I, for whatever reason, I like pieces kind of get into my head and I do I'm, I'm pretty good about that. But yeah,
3: because like, have you ever reached, have you reached the moment where you're playing a piece that you memorize and you're thinking about where you're going to have dinner that night?
2: Yes, but it's, but there's only a few pieces and I've played them for an incredibly long period of time. Like, I really wanted to learn the peanuts theme and I worked really hard on that and now it's pretty second nature. But there are not a lot of pieces where my my I can go. I wonder what's uh, I wonder what we'll be having for dinner this year, like, like, <laughs> right? What, right. Be, what room will we be supping in this evening? You know, like I yeah, not because five, it though. becomes muscle memory. Yeah, so yeah. The, the
3: more you practice those pieces, it's all about practice, right? The more you practice those pieces, it becomes in your skin and your in the muscles in your hands and your arms. You can free your mind, and you don't have anxietyism anymore.
2: But you particularly obviously have a certain um predisposition toward like excellence in the sense that it seems like everything you do has this like there's an extra something that you bring to the table whether it's hosting or acting or or music or whatever it is and so what is that drive like it ah. are you always incredibly driven or what is that thing that makes you kind of seek out like i this would be good enough but i'm going to make it this well, thank you for thinking that. I don't know that I always achieve that. <laughs> but well, that's probably why you do it. To give you the fact that you even think that you don't means yeah. that you do.
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, what do you do? What do you do if you think that you've achieved it? Then you're done. And you just like sit and watch movies all day. We just did that for a year under the pandemic. Like you know, like what? So I, I never think it's great ever. I've, I, I always think it's like, yeah, that was fine. I mean, you know, when you do good, you know, when you suck. So you, could say, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that was kind of good. I mean, it wasn't great or amazing. There's people who can do it better. But uh, so I've never felt that way. So that's a, it's a really great question, like almost like uh, trying to be a perfectionist or where that comes from or, or why I want to keep challenging myself. Uh, you know, this is probably for another day, another podcast. But I grew up uh, very poor. Dad left my mom with five kids to raise. We had no money. Our heat was turned off in the winter. Uh, our phone was shut off. You know, I wore the same clothes all the time. We barely had any food, blah, 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 sometimes. So, but I always thought like, well, there's somebody even worse off than us. So it's, we don't have it that bad. And, and but when you live an entire winter in Chicago with no heat, you will work your fucking ass off the rest of your life to never go backwards. So I think I'm always kind of working trying to make myself... Uh, better trying to do what I do better uh, because I need to, I need it to be great for my soul and I need it to be great because I need to make a living at what I love to do.
2: Uh, I'm I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that. I feel like it's partly your fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry that, that that happened, but I really am sorry because to at such an impressionable age, To feel discomfort for that long and to feel like i be responsible so that this doesn't happen, of course. And I I would tend to guess that that has probably also, unless you've, you know, I mean, again, I don't want to get too personal, but unless you've done a ton of therapy and figured out how to get over it, you probably always never feel fully comfortable as a result, right?
3: Or as yeah, as a person, like, you know, just in this moment, right now, we're talking about, I'm just thinking, like, of course, my mom, what's it like to have a parent abandon you? Well, of course, then you have abandonment issues, you think everybody's and everything is going to escape you. So right. you try to hold on to those things or try to make them as great as they can, so that they don't go away. I guess I don't know, I'm kind of making this up as I'm talking. But, um, but so there's probably some of that in there.
2: But also the idea that you feel like that's, that is something that you're constantly running away from, you know, yes. like you never go back to that place. Well, Sean, you have this amazing career and you have all these shows and you have this no, 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 but I can't, right. I can't take a breath for a minute. So has, so, has the, so has the inactivity of the last year created even more, like has that activated some of those yes. things? Are you managing to keep busy?
3: Well, I, you know, that's a very good point. And I think I try to be self-aware as much as I can. And in being self-aware, you realize, oh, I must work on balance. Balance is everything in life. You always hear that you have to balance. Even, the, you know, your diet. If you have a donut today, then you can't have a hamburger and french fries for dinner. You can have, you have to eat salmon with asparagus. You know, so whatever it is. and And so if I'm going to go balls out for the first 45 years of my life, Uh, You know, uh, uh, pedal to the metal, everything all the way. I have to find a way to slow down. And I think that's what the pandemic did. It kind of forced all of us who live like I do and probably a little bit like you do, right? Because you work just as hard to it forces you to slow down and and reorganize your priorities and make you aware that there needs to be more balance. So, I think that's what it did for me is like, wait a minute. I have got to stop and smell the roses. I've got to slow down and just kind of choose the things that are important to me and pursue those with all of my might. Rather rather than casting a wide net and and doing everything because I used to and I still kind of do. Like if I go to Las Vegas and I play blackjack, I'll sit down at a table and I'll like let's say it's like a $5 table and I'll play like five four hands at once. Like the dealer will let me play four hands so play four hands so at least one hand will always keep me in the game and that's kind of how i feel about this about show business is like if i have if i start to develop three four eight ten projects well chances are nine of them are going to not go but at least one will and then i'll keep me in the game to keep doing what i love to do
2: i absolutely agree and i always liken that mentality to the uh this is a weird analogy, but I always think of it like the, the the sea turtles about how the turtles like lay all the sea turtles in the sand and yeah. then they come out and then a, a, a bunch of them get swept up by seagulls. And yeah. then if you make it into the ocean, they get gobbled up right away. And then a few just don't make it for whatever reason. And so out of all those little sea turtles eggs, just yeah. a handful actually survive. And right. I feel like that with like, with yeah. comics and things that business, like, well, you have to, because you just don't know and there's no if you put all your eggs in one basket that's Right.
3: i think what you're saying is you have to shit out as many eggs as possible
2: any eggs you have to shit out as many turtle eggs in the sand as possible <laughs> <laughs> shit out i think too is a medical i think yes. that's a logical term get george on see what he says get george what are we um, now still busy? fuck <laughs> me on the phone all the time yeah. george is just on the phone <laughs> he just has the phone in the drawer with the <laughs> it. Right.
3: right or the <laughs> Remember, like, remember, um, ad, those old TV shows that showed the phone on the wall where you just spoke into the It was so crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah, like the whole yeah. Uh, get me, get me, Kingston four seven zero nine. Yeah, <laughs> is George Lucas <Rufus> there? Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: that's Why hilarious.
2: You, it's busy. What's busy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Emerging technology. Exactly. We're early adopters. I, I, I do wonder if that is also because when SmartList launched. I was like, holy fuck, what a powerhouse. And your guy your guests are like just off the charts. Like the whole idea of the three of you coming together to do a podcast was well,
3: thank you. And I, you know, we have people like you and you mostly to thank for paving the way. You really, really did. And you 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 were a pioneer. I I know I'm not making light of that. You really were. You and just a handful of other people were really inspirations to to this world and so we're just having guests on that that you've already had the privilege of speaking to way way before we did so thank you for that and um and yeah we're just had we just had a blast me jason Bateman, and will arnett do smart list together and the three of us um have known each other for you know over 20 years and have always enjoyed each other and always been good friends and so we were just kind of like of course pandemic we're like we actually thought of Launching it before the pandemic, but not like maybe a month before we started talking about it. And then it just made it easier once the pandemic hit. And because everybody wanted to try and stay creative. And so, uh, yeah, we just thought, why not? We haven't seen this before. And why don't we surprise each other with a guest we bring on? We won't tell the other two as each of us play the host that episode. So we thought, yeah, there's a nice twist on an interview show that I haven't seen or heard. And and here we are, and it's it's so fun, and uh, I laugh so hard. Those guys are like you; too, just some of the funniest people in the business. I, I love them,
2: and 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 also just the ability to that we live in this kind of technological age for all this to happen, where you can still be connected to people in a way yeah. that allows you, you know, like the 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 incredible amount of privilege that we have to be able to. To connect with each other and make content and put stuff out and 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 that was always that was the hardest thing for me to understand. in The beginning of the podcast was like, oh, this I didn't realize it was like a work thing. I really just was like, oh, it's just a fun weird thing. Yeah. Then the it started being referred to as work, I was like, but it's not. It's just we're just fucking around. Like it's yeah. not. All right. Doesn't oh, feel like work. Oh, that's the because you and I are old enough. We're almost the same. We're about the same age. And so we like I think we're literally just maybe a year apart or less. And we very much know what the old version of the business looked like, where some big company had to anoint you as being good enough or cool enough to be on a thing. But the idea that you can just make a thing with your friends and and that, and then that becomes like one of the one of the defining things of your career. All right, and and it's mind blowing. Totally, it is mind
3: blowing. It's like uh, this is the Wild West, right? That just now agencies. in in hollywood are creating podcast arms right because because now they're like oh there's there's money to be had it's like well we're just having a good time and the money was kind of secondary it's like oh you can make some extra cash on the side if it works if it doesn't who cares because you're still having a good time you know um but yeah it is kind of it's it's wild how it's it just kind of popped up as this new um you know new thing
2: do you have a do you have any sort of like a, a daily ritual to sort of get your, when, when you when you lack the structure of having a company say, we need a script by Friday and you have to do this or we need to do this or there's notes, even though you, I understand the landscape of your life. So you have a lot of stuff going on. But in the absence of that, do you put do you have a structure in place for yourself to sort yeah. of get things done throughout the day, throughout the week?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, I, you know, it's so funny you bring that up because for the first time in my life, I'm putting my health first. Cause it was just like, I would have like an appointment with whatever, a doctor here or there or whatever. And I would just be like, uh, and then and a meeting would come up for work. I'd be like, oh, can you reschedule the doctor? I have to do nice. this. I have to do this because I don't, you know, you don't want to miss out. You want to make the, you know, you want to build the company. You want to do as much as you can to make it successful. But now I'm just like back to that thing where you and I were talking about, about balance. It was like, you know what <laughs> newsflash i think i should probably put my health first after 45 years of not you know or whatever yeah after decades of not doing it and um so i'm just now saying i'm 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 taking I, i'm moving shifting priorities so uh so that said my routine uh every week yes i I couldn't live without an assistant who works who's amazing emily uh if you're listening she uh, organizes mine and Todd Todd Milliner, my producing partner, and all the people that work at our company. Thank God for Apple calendars, for yeah. the iPhone calendar. I mean, it's it's everything. You see everything. I have something every hour on the hour every day, and if if I don't, I'm like, what's
2: going on? Like, what do we we need to you know. A- it's so funny to see because I I, I am awesome. like every
3: every hour that's gone that passes if it's not filled I feel like it's an hour missed you know but sorry go ahead
2: I used no 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 not at all I used to think that and before the pandemic my iCal it looked like the it looked like the end screen of a Tetris I yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, it, for sure where things are just like all squished and it's yeah. you know and I honestly I really enjoy a lot of the space that has been created. And I think some of it is, I think some of it is also our age and level of experience because we've both been in the business for so long. And we've realized like, Hey, even when you were at your busiest and you were doing a million things and things that were beyond what you ever thought you would accomplish, you know, can you say that you really had time to even feel happy about it because you were so like, because what you don't envision when you're envisioning this like perfect Tapestry of success is how fucking stressed it right. you. It's almost it's, yeah yeah no. It's
3: almost like you can't like when I first whatever you want to call it hit or became you know the Will and Grace first kind of made uh, a, a, it's a mark on 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 the country and whatever. You know when fame first hits you, you, you're like, oh my god! First of all, I didn't expect this. I just thought I was going to be a working actor for my. I thought you know, I'm happy doing a play for $10 a week, like whatever it was, you're just happy doing what you do. And then that happens. And I think you go, Oh, this is what this is like. This is what I've read about and watched the Oscars and the Emmys. And Oh, no, I'm in that. That's this is crazy. I never imagined that would happen to me. And then you start to panic, like it's all going to go away, which is the most unhealthy thing that could ever happen to you to your brain is like, no, who now? You like with with age comes wisdom. Hopefully, knock on wood. And you go, oh, none of like how horrible that I invested in the fame when I was younger. None of it matters now more than ever because everybody's famous. So yep. now more than ever, fame means nothing. And and but that you get so caught up in it. And I think then you go, oh, I got to keep this alive. I got to keep working. And I think in order to keep working, I have to panic. And in order to panic, I got to you know all of it feeds into anxiety and depression and so it's it's a bad bad thing unless you have balance and you have you have outlets to talk to friends or a therapist or somebody to help you work through all of that
2: yeah because it you can uh you can fall into that and people can fall into that trap of all of a sudden when you're first making you know passion-driven decisions or decisions because you're excited about something to the fear-based decisions like the fear of I mean, like the, the the motivation of trying to a- attain a goal, it's, it's not really about the goal. It's sort of the journey that kind of makes you. Yeah. Then when you get that thing, the fear of losing can really fuck people up yeah. because you can't control any of that. And that's certainly something we've learned. We've all learned globally in the last year is like these little security bubbles that we thought, oh, my life is so, oh, shit, the world is unstable. I thought, you know, I mean, what a wake up call. Yeah put all of your eggs into the external world basket of right. you need this attention or fame or money or whatever it is. It's like, you cannot control any of that. Yeah. That will really fuck you up if that's where, where you've attached. Yeah. Your I, I know of a, 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 an actor, a
3: person, I won't say if it's a female or male, okay. but, um, but this person, everybody knows. And this person is a friend and this person, I wish I could help because this person wakes up worrying about if if he or she is relevant Mm -hmm. and and panics if they're not relevant and it's like no you can't that's no way to live your life just you have to rethink (laughs) how you're living your life because it's it's you're just asking for it it's a it's a life of of constantly being unfulfilled
0: okay it's time to commit Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder.
1: The more time that you spend practicing it,
0: that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills.
1: Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, getting to a point someday when you're really old and going, oh, gosh, it didn't really, none of that really mattered. Yeah, right? Right? You wake up and you're like, hey, nah. Ooh, i know but that but that that idea i don't know why i've been so stuck on the idea late lately of like you know i've always used to think in terms of the future and like build and then this and then build this and then i'll try to do it and then lately in the in the last few months i've been like no life is now like it's not yeah. this thing that you're gonna live once you accomplish x y or z you're this is it right like, this is it this moment is it that's so right do
3: fucking wasted (laughs) how do we teach younger people that because i wish i wish that now i get that but like when i was younger i would hear people say i'm like yeah okay got it bye and i would be like no I, i i i guess it's innate it's innate that 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 younger the younger generation just feels invincible and uh right
1: it,
2: it's it's partially, I mean, I think it's a couple of things. I think when you're young, you're incredibly ambitious. You're You're searching for your identity. You're trying to figure out, you're very ambitious. You want to make your mark in the world. And so you are searching to find something that I think you think is going to fill you and make you whole. Right. And I think it just takes the process of searching for that and the wisdom and the experience to learn like, oh yeah, things can't make you whole, but and maybe some people just innately have that knowledge, but I think it is sort of a thing that we have to search for and find. Yeah. I mean burn. Yeah, for
3: sure. i mean, things can't make you whole, but a Rolex helps for just a minute. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There's a nice oversized watch size hole in your soul. Oh, you know, that,
3: that if you fill yeah, if you get the right watch, it will fill that.
2: With the exception of that, I mean, that's I think that's a given, you know, yeah, that's a given. And then you can look down and watch the Rolex ticking away right. inside your soul as, yeah, right, just pass you by yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't know. It's sort of like how if you see someone is in a situation that, that you that you know that you recognize is unhealthy for them because they keep making the same, and you go, oh, well, maybe you should and they go yeah i can't you know and we're also everyone's guilty of doing that too of you know not, not, not you know not it, taking
3: good advice yeah not, not
2: taking good advice you, you just kind of have to learn through it i think you have to just experience it to understand that so yeah
3: so, i know uh so true so true so very true
2: are you are it's hollywood game night still going on isn't it
3: Hollywood game night is kind of always there. And if the network wants to do one episode <laughs> every <laughs> three years, they'll call us. Um, I think it's probably run its course, but you never know. Cause it's, it's, it's never been officially canceled. Um, so it could pop up at any time, anywhere for the rest. of
2: I loved. Life. I got to do that show once and it was, so, I mean, I yes. just think Jane Lynch is the fucking coolest. Thank you. And you were so ever. nice and
3: so great on it, by the way.
2: Well, oh, I really appreciate that. I, yeah. I, I met Jane like a couple years before that at something at an event or something. And I was so starstruck by her and she was so fucking cool. Yeah. she's Just made me so happy to do that show. And
3: funny too. Um, Speaking of podcasts.
2: Now let me check if you, if there's another podcast that you happen (laughs) to be working on, I don't know. I think George might be on hold at the moment, but we'll get back to him. Um, (laughs) Uh, oh, we hung up. Ah, fuck. Oh, well. Sure. Uh, oh, you, but you got through. which if is If you were going to do... I did, but by the time it happened, it was like it didn't... It didn't really mean anything to me yeah, anymore. It. it was yeah. like, you know, the pursuit of the goal, and then I got yeah, it. Yeah, and he sold Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but uh, if you were going to do another podcast, what what would it be about, Sean? Oh, gosh, Chris. That's a
3: really nice of you. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> that's really nice of you to bring up. Um, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm doing it. About my head. I'm doing another podcast uh, called hypochondriactor because I am an actor who's a hypochondriac. And every, you know, every day I wake up and I think there's something wrong with me, but um, you know, I've, I've kind of always been obsessed with medical stories. Like when I read or hear about a story about a health issue, I immediately wonder if it'll happen to me. I've always kind of felt that if I haven't had it, I'll probably get it. <laughs> and also like my favorite part of, of some talk shows are when, People from all walks of life come on and share a medical issue they have because it connects us and it makes you think that, oh, gosh, if I'm feeling if I'm dealing with a similar issue, it normalizes it and you don't feel so alone. It's
2: very humanizing. It's very humanizing.
3: Yeah. So so um, with that, me and the folks at my production company, Hazy Mills Productions, we're always on the lookout for fresh, smart, funny voices. And this uh, amazing woman, Dr. Priyanka Wally, uh, came in to meet with us. And she is a, a, a light. She's a. But we're like, God! Here is this fresh, smart, funny voice that we're looking for. She's an amazing talent, who's a hilarious stand-up, and she's a board-certified doctor. So we both kind of agreed that a medical podcast that can, uh, you know, bring an audience uh, uh, hope, understanding, enlightenment, hopefully a little comedy, would be a positive thing in the world. So, so it's crazy how it came together. I just happened to be an actor who's an undiagnosed hypochondriac. She just happens to be a stand-up comic who's a doctor. So we married the two and we gave birth to a podcast about it.
2: The best reason to do a podcast because you have a very organic, real, authentic reason because your own, your own curiosity and your own. And also I do understand the hypochondria thing. And I also do believe that some of it comes from not even so much necessarily Mm -hmm. having anxiety about whether or not I have this thing, But I also think there's this meta issue of the ritualistic behavior of every time I think I have a thing and I don't, somehow that is part of my ritual that makes me feel okay. I say that's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a little bit of it? Yeah, of course. You know, and and I really, so I really understand where you're coming from. And I think this is a great foundation for, because it's not just like, oh, we're just doing a podcast just because.
3: Yeah, it's not to exploit celebrities talking about their, you know, issues getting to know them. It's actually like I'm truly, truly so passionate about medical stories because I would say because I've had everything like I would say, name a body part inside or out. And I probably have a story about it. Go ahead. Name anything.
2: Uh, A metatarsal. I don't know what that is. It's a bone in your toe. But okay, uh, so
3: so so I have so I have plantar fasciitis, right? (laughs) I have plantar fasciitis, and I have right, and I have insoles made so I can walk
2: better, so I can walk more. I'm not laughing that you have that. I'm yeah. laughing at yeah, because then why would it, why would someone laugh at someone with plantar, fas- plantar fasciitis? That's yeah, uh, it's just the idea of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can. Mark yeah, it. for
3: real. Like my small intestine burst open. I almost died like a couple of years ago. I've had hepatitis A. I've had LASIK eye surgery. I have a little glaucoma in my right eye. I have a rotator cuff in my left shoulder. I have I've mass many 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 issues. And so uh, I wanted to talk. I wanted to start this podcast because it's all fascinating to me. The most fascinating thing is when. Uh, people, famous people from any job, not just celebrities, but any famous person has a story of like an ER story. I love that. Like that has a happy ending. I love those because there's so much drama and comedy in those stories. Um, And so, but we also learn so many things on this podcast because Priyanka Wally is an incredible doctor. And so for me, it's like having free medical care on on my podcast.
2: I think the first and foremost, the advice is never look anything up on the internet because uh-huh. you're always gonna see the world. I think Ryan Reynolds tweeted something once years ago that really it, it just it hit me so squarely in uh, in the heart. Uh, I laughed. It was something like it was it was how quickly he goes from looking on WebMD to coffin shopping, where it's just yeah. like, there's always, I have a little yeah. pain in my ear. Oh my God, I'm, there's this horrible, I didn't know right, that, right. But, right. you know. Right, right. yeah, so yeah. People that you had know. it commented on that thread, so now, of course, you think you have it. Right,
3: because if you, you look on the internet, you will find the thing you're looking for.
2: But the other crazy thing, too, is, you know, having been an anxiety and panic attack sufferer for pretty much my whole life, is understanding how insidious anxiety can be because it literally fucking mimics everything. Like it mimics almost mm-hmm. every, any symptom can actually be an anxiety that's manifesting in some way For that sure. in your fucking head. Yeah. I don't know. So you, so you have anxiety, you have depression as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have struggled with depression, anxiety mainly, but, but certainly, you know, um, I, I wouldn't say the types of depression where I cannot function, mm-hmm. but certainly that that, that that sort of like low level depression that runs in the background, that sort yep. of where, where you get caught in the, the yep. thought spirals and, the, sure. and yeah. it feels like hard to sort of drag yourself out of it. Yes, I, defi- I definitely have.
3: Yeah, we, me and you both, uh, Howie Mandel was just in an episode, Kristen Bell's been on, Alec Baldwin, you would be great to come on and talk about it. But the thing that I've learned uh, is that, and I asked Howie Mandel this, is or i just kind of brought this issue up is that we can't have anxiety be an identifiable characteristic of it we can't let it define us and therefore if it ever went away we'd feel like part of us went away you know it's it's just part of who we are and we just have to manage it
2: yeah i agree that it is that it is the, the longer you live with it the more you kind of find ways to keep it at bay, or at least mindfulness is good, where you can sort of step back and go, recognize, oh, I am not my thoughts; I am feeling this right. thing, but they are not who I am, and that can sort of dissipate it as well. Right. Constantly fishing to kind of play. its basically like a fucking YouTube algorithm. Anxiety right. is like a fucking YouTube algorithm that tries to <laughs> keep on a rabbit hole of weird, extreme shit. Yeah. And, uh, and you just constantly have to just like choose a Ted talk video. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you. Yeah. You For sure. To... <laughs>
3: that's, that's hilarious. That's a very, that's, that was very well put. Yeah, exactly. It's a YouTube rabbit
2: hole. Yeah. It might be, it might be, uh, it might be fun to do an episode about anxiety. Although it sounds like that it, since it's about hypochondria, that, it, or that's kind of idea that that probably is a through line through a lot of the episodes. What is, what does uh, Dr. Wiley say about the sort of, hypochondria and medical anxiety what's her take on it well
3: you know she's really into the mind body connection right so it's sometimes possible to connect a medical issue you're having to something that might be psychosomatic but that said is like you know she 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 doesn't judge She was an incredible doctor she, because if you come in with something that's ailing you it's very real to you of course so she will respect that and treat treat it from that standpoint so um, that's kind of how she deals with it. Um, yeah. yeah, the the uh, but I do want to say really quick, it, the hypochondriactor premieres on May fifth, five five, and you can get it at Apple Podcasts wherever it goes. I just had to say that. Sorry.
2: Oh, of course. And also, I'll I'll record a thing at the opening of the podcast that tell, that gives all that information too.
3: Okay, I just didn't know if you knew how to do your job. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you're a veteran podcaster, <laughs> you have to you have to see where the holes are. And you got to come in and make sure that I'm fucking driving this thing.
3: <laughs> no, I can only learn from you. And that is the truth. Not at
2: all. I, I still feel like, I, you know, I still want to do these podcasts. I'm like, wow. I Because I never, you know, I don't really ever prepare anything. I just think. I know. Oh, I love I'm that. Just go where it goes. And I still get a little bit of anxiety each time like. What if I run what if there's nothing oh my god what do I
3: So and, how many people how many interviews do you think you've done
2: Well I know we've done almost 1200 episodes wow but but in there are some repeat but I don't know I I, I mean at least it's got to be close to 1000 people I would And imagine. do you still enjoy it? I do it's the only it's the main reason why I still do it I love yeah. I I love talking to people I love getting to connect with people like you that I respect and want to learn from and connect with. And the podcast for me is just, and it's just endless curiosity for like, how do people do what they do? How do they like, what the whys? what are they into? How do they, you know? And exactly the same reason I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if, if it ever felt like, you know, by rote or, or mechanical in any way, I don't, it would be hard for me to keep doing it. I just, I really just like, talking to nice funny people and, yeah, and so same. i just don't get tired of that
3: same thank you for making an exception today with me of
2: course. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course i mean you know i knew they said this guy's coming in he has plantar fasciitis so i feel really bad for him we should probably you know i should probably have him on you, you want to try the- another one you want to try another body part sure sure, sure anything
3: sure. organ or anything on the outside
2: you mentioned intestine you also mentioned a uh, rotator cuff uh are there, you also um, uh, mentioned tendinitis. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, tendinitis. Um, do you have any? Uh, you have any elbow issues? Um, yeah. Well, it goes. The tendinitis goes up to my elbow. Up to the elbow. Okay. So that's um, it's still kind of connected.
3: Yeah. Um, do you have any other elbow? If I think about it long enough, I would probably have.
2: Any, any skin, any, any kind of dermatitis, eczema, scalp yeah, condition?
3: Uh-huh. So skin wise, I, um, by the way, skin is the largest organ in the body. I don't know if it you is. Know. Of
2: course.
3: Uh, right. And, um, but my skin has been stretched from all the food I've eaten over the pandemic. Sure. That's one thing. <laughs> but no skin. I, I, I am starting to get like skin taggy stuff. Oh yeah. Just like two tiny ones. That's um, age
2: related. That just, you know. Yeah, it's like, age. Yeah, they grow. Yeah. Uh, like yeah okay, you're getting older here's some extra skin how about a? Yeah. it's a badge it's a badge yeah. it's like a badge that you've lived a little bit longer here you go,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly and I did one time when i was I was doing broadway uh the opening week was um I broke out in this horrible rash on my chest. I thought I was like had some disease, but anyway, I could go on and on about skin,
2: but you didn't but it was all but it was all okay. It was
3: all um anxiety related it was oh. all it was like hives from from
2: nerves, yeah, it really does like you're it does just manage to attack whatever is vulnerable. Like if you, especially if you have like back pain and you have anxiety. And I have often alf- I've often wondered, because I do believe your brain always has the best intentions. It's just that your brain really, you know, when your your brain really can only tell you, like your sort of non- um, your lower brain functions can only really try to make sure that you're okay in any given moment, which is why it might say like, Drink more alcohol, smoke more weed, eat that extra cupcake because I'll make you feel better in the moment. And I do wonder if one of the reasons why anxiety kind of attacks different parts of your body is because if you're anxious about something and all of a sudden your weak knee starts to hurt, you are no longer focused on that anxiety. I wonder if it's almost like your brain's way of trying to distract you. Oh, for sure. So For that you're sure, like, oh, my that. knee, you know. Like, hey, let, I let me know. ask you something.
3: Do you ever have intestine, digestive, stomach issues, problems?
2: Uh, well, uh, yeah. Listen, since since we're two old guys now talking on the porch about our ailments, I do have. I've I've had forever um, uh, acid reflux.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, you know? so you know, your gut is your second brain. You probably know all of that.
2: Like the gut, like the 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 biome of gut microbes. Yeah, and-
3: they call they call your gut the second brain because you put all of your anxiety down down there, and then everything happens from there. So acid reflux is probably obviously has to do with some anxiety, but it also has to do with diet. But uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I it, is, it is kind of funny that uh, you know we always look for these complicated solutions to things, and it's like, and not obviously this doesn't solve everything, but in general. If you eat mostly well and yeah. you try not to stress about too much stuff, and you do some moderate exercise, in general, like it's not much more complicated than that. Obviously, that doesn't apply for everything and everyone, but I just mean in general. Yeah, there are always some subtle shifts that, if we just made subtle shifts, would probably dramatically improve. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't take a lot, right? Yeah, no, but no. it's the
3: balance thing. It's the balance thing. We all have got to achieve balance.
2: Are you, as we're sort of moving forward and things are going to start to get busy again, do you think you're, do you foresee that you will be able to continue to maintain that balance? Or when you start getting more opportunities, are you going to be like, fuck, I'm back in it now, right where I didn't <laughs> think I was going to be? That's
3: like, such a good question. I, you know, uh, I, I don't have a choice but to stick to my guns on health first and 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 having balance. It's, uh, I've made a decision. That's all it is, is you flip a switch in your brain You know, for any of those who of us who have like, I got to start working out and then you don't. But then the second you flip that switch and you start exercising, you're like, oh, it's a decision. Everything is a decision, right? So it's a decision not to have that extra piece of cake or that hamburger or whatever. It's all decisions. So as long as I keep making better and good choices with my life, I think I'll be able to balance that out to answer your question.
2: And also sometimes to just not Think about it like, you know, yeah, I'm don't be so much about Like, I'm going to think about going to work out. Oh, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. But if you just can get your feet to just walk there or go there, right, or right, there or right. Whatever, and turn up, right, and it, or like anything, like starting a script or starting a job or starting yeah. a thing, starting is the hardest part. It's it, it is hard, but I also find that maintenance is also very hard because at least with starting, you get that endorphin rush of like, I'm doing a new thing, right? But when you're in a long term relationship with a behavior. You know, like after it can either become habitual, or it can just be like, oh god, it's a fucking die. I don't feel like doing this thing. Right, like, right, anything. right. It's just like trying to ignore that and go. But that's all, yeah, that, that
3: that's all a test, and you must pass the test. I guess so. Right, you must. You don't have a choice. You have got to pass that test of of reaching. I know what you mean. Reaching that point where you're like, okay, well, this used to be fun and good for me, but now, you know, it's it's become mundane. But you just have to get you have to get through that at all costs if it's good for you.
2: Hey, I want to I want to ask you because I know you had a hard out at two and it's two oh three. We're now <laughs> in up, up, out, out territory. Stopped stop. out. But uh, you hosted the Tony Awards many years ago, which I think is the best awards show of any. Oh, that's show. great.
3: Yeah, me uh, too. it just it's
2: it's it's so it, it just doesn't have the kind of. I don't know a lot of the other, other award shows and they're all fine, but there's this like real intensity to, and there's something about the Tony awards. It just feels so fun and celebratory and alive and energetic. And and yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And you know, like you did a great job hosting and you know, I've seen so many, Neil Harris, like it's always done a great job, you know, and it, it just feels, was it as fun to do as it seems like it would have been to do? Yeah.
3: You know, it's so funny that the, uh, well, I have to say this. We we've produced the SAG Awards the last two years. So that's another good award show. But the Tony Awards are great. Yeah, and um,
2: the SAGs, I think, are really the top. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say the SAGs just <laughs> miraculously just inched above the Tony Awards. I feel like I have to say
3: that. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's true, too. But um, but the Tony Awards. Yeah, no, that was really fun. It was, um, uh, you know, believe it or not, it's that thing where it took a lot of convincing. Cause I was like, why would I host the Tony award? I'm, I'm doing eight shows a week. Now I have to go. It was an, and recording the album for the show. I was in and doing the show and hosting the Tonys and writing it and rehearsing the tone. It was an insane time of my life, but I was like, yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Why don't I kill myself and do, and do that? So I did it and we would rehearse and we're writing and at, at radio city musical. So you're, you're rehearsing it. And it's funny. The idea of it is overwhelming and scary and, and anxiety inducing. But once you get out there and you start rehearsing it with no audience over and over and over again. And then, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, it's uh, practice means everything practice. When you when you practiced and rehearsed enough that you it's in your skin, whether that be music or stand up or hosting or whatever, it all the nerves go away because now it's not up to me. Now it's up to the audience. Like I've done all the work. And so it, and something about that relaxes you. If I know that I've done the work, then it's up to the audience to tell, to tell me if I'm horrible and I suck or that you enjoy it and you thought it was fun. So um, yeah, it's kind of, once you do the work, it goes away.
2: Okay. So that's a good point because as a perfectionist, how do you know personally that you're done? Like, do you have a trick to just like, okay now yeah. i'm from the work and i'm letting go or is it does it just never feel done anything i
3: think i have this uh i live with this guy scotty Eisenogle, who is my husband uh and he uh when i drive him crazy enough that's when i know i'm done <laughs> that's when i'm like <laughs> hey cool. what about what about this joke is this funny or is this funnier he's like i really really done listening to that now <laughs>
2: okay good thank you like,
3: oh, okay awesome. so i'm done so that's it ready to go <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what I know. Now, is there anything else that I can help you promote uh, besides your oh, no, hypochondriac actor? By the <laughs> way, do you know? Do you know Jack? Pl- you must know Jack Plotnick.
3: Yeah, he's hilarious.
2: Jack has such a brilliant his website. I used to, I used to like work on auditions with Jack because not only was he a great acting coach and a great actor, yeah, a brilliant improviser and comedian but he also has this wonderful mindset about how your ego is, is this vulture that tries to attack yeah, you and like pulling the, the way the vulture. And I
3: learned a lot of stuff from Jack too. Yeah. He's such a great guy. Amazing talent. Incredible. Did you see his Disney characters? Um, cool. Did you see that? Oh my God, Chris, you will laugh. So well, I hate when people say that. Cause they're like, I didn't think it was that funny, but um, I, it, it made me laugh so hard and it's so fucking genius he took these old, old, old Walt Disney clips of him, of Walt walking around his studio talking for like five minutes to, <laughs> to, to like a worker working on part of the theme park. And in the background of, of this old footage is like a woman sewing that's never gotten camera time or doesn't talk to. And all of a sudden he set this up where the camera cuts to her. And she starts reacting to what's happening in the room and, and he's playing all of these, these men and these women and all these different clips of this. It's so clever. And I've never seen
2: anything like it. It's really oh, funny. That's fantastic. I will definitely, I will definitely look that up. I will definitely, I'm I'm not, and I, this is real talk. I will, I will, that will be the first thing I do as soon as I end this podcast.
3: Yeah. Good, good, good.
2: I will go look that up. Good. And, I don't know. I, 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 you are welcome back on the podcast whenever you want. I, you, I genuinely hope that there are events that we can say hi in person again at some point. Yeah. Again, so you
3: won't ignore me like you did last time.
2: You'll That's okay. That's cool. This is, this is me going, this is me a lot of the times going to an event. I, how did I get invited to this? <laughs> what am I? What yeah. do I yeah. to say? What do I do? Uh, I, I imagine that most people feel that way, but I imagine some people just don't think about it a whole lot, right? Yeah, no,
3: like you, you're you you're more appropriate to be at those things than 99% of those other people.
2: I just seek out the funny people. I seek out the comedians.
3: because hey, I, that's what that's I do. I'm like, oh my God, let's find a corner and talk about everybody. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that said, uh, the next time we run into each other, we should see if we could just make each other feel really awkward. by. Yeah. <laughs> By oh. just
3: one word phrases. Hi. Mm-hmm. hi, Oh, my
2: God. How are you? Yeah, great. Yeah, fine.
3: Uh, how did you get invited? Yeah, stuff like that.
2: Oh, God. I um, well, I thought that. Uh, well, I guess they just. Kind
3: of say, by the way, one of the worst things I've ever been told by. <laughs> I can't say who it is because she's lovely, but um, I don't think she meant it this way. But I was at this party <laughs> many, many years ago. It was it's and, gonna be funny. And everybody like you name it. They were there. It was just incredibly high profile private party and um and she turns to me and she, 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 the first thing she goes she goes sean i go oh hey she goes what are you doing here (laughs) and i was like oh no there's no phrase that could make anybody feel worse than what are you doing here
2: (laughs) and i wonder if in her mind there was some kind of like it came out wrong, or what she meant was like, "Oh, it's good to see you." Yes, or, I think
3: I think what she meant was, "It's so you know, so good to see you." Who do you know? How are you connected to this party? Is probably what. Right. she
2: meant. And who but, do I need to talk to to get them to ask you to leave? Yeah, to leave, right? To right?
3: An and could you get my car for me? Yeah, could you? <laughs> right. It was that kind of thing.
2: Don't make eye contact, but other than right. that, right? It be very welcoming. Right. 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 Um, well, this has been a delightful hour and twelve minutes. Oh my gosh, Chris, you're the best. You,
3: there's a reason why you've been on for so long because you know exactly what you're doing, and you're just a wonderful human.
2: I really appreciate you, and please stay in touch. I feel like we should just know each other. I don't for know sure.
3: Why, I just, for sure. ID 10T
1: scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.